You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 79. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 79. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering super mom, Tori Henderson. Hello, super moms. How you doing? It's August now, and there's a lot of talk about back to school because there's so much upheaval and uncertainty and craziness. I'm going to do just a free coaching call. I might even do over more than one if there's too many people to get to. I'm going to have some people on the coaching call with me who are experienced homeschoolers. And I just thought it would be really helpful to hear their perspective. So we're going to be talking about germ pods, hiring tutors off of Craigslist or next door, or getting college kids to Zoom or grandparents, or dealing with this online schooling and uncertainty. So if you've got questions about school, how do I navigate this? How do I figure it out? How am I supposed to work while my kids are at home? How am I supposed to homeschool them? Should I pay tuition to a school that's going to be online learning or should I just go? You know, there's just so much uncertainty and unknown. So I'm going to offer a free call, but I don't have the exact date yet. It's going to be that week of August 17th through 21st. And uh, you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com, sign up for my newsletter, or go to Facebook and Instagram and look for Life Coaching for Parents. And I will be sure to announce it there so that you don't miss it and you get the call and link. This is just a free group call because we need it. These are some interesting times, especially moms are living through. So today... We are not talking about school quite yet. We are still in summer mode. And the question comes from Danielle. And she asks, how can I tell if my child is addicted to video games? So that's our topic today. So here's what we got. If you are wondering the same thing, listen up. She writes, my eight-year-old son is out of control. The only time he is happy is when he's playing video games. I've tried to set boundaries and limit when and what he plays, but he's so sneaky. When I tell him it's time to turn it off, he gets violent, swearing, yelling, throwing things completely out of control. I'm at my wit's end with this kid. It seems to be getting worse. His cousins were with us for the last six weeks and they just left. So it could have something to do with him not liking change, but why can't he just say that he's sad and misses his cousins? When I try to talk to him, he tells me to shut up and leave him alone. The other night, I found him up in the middle of the night trying to sneak onto Roblox. I took it away from him and he lost it. (laughs) I held him and told him we would figure this out. And I'm sorry he's having such a hard time. And he cried and said he was so sad. I felt like this was a victory, but I still don't know what to do. 
Today, I gave him only one hour of video games and he was a nightmare afterwards. How can I tell if my child is addicted to video games? Well, before I get into the parent education answer, <laughs> I want to tell you my experience with this. So I remember my son was probably about the same age, about years old. And I went away for the weekend. So this is a very rare girls weekend back when, you know, my kids were really young and it was so scarce and exciting to get to actually go away that I probably wasn't 30 minutes from home before my husband took my son to the store to buy an Xbox, PlayStation, I don't even know. So I'm gone for 30 minutes. He takes the opportunity to go and buy a video gaming system without me knowing because he knew I would object. So they play over the weekend. I guess they figure it out. And it, I come home from the weekend and my husband confesses and he's like, okay, come watch. Like, it's look, it's not that bad. And it was like a snowboarding game or skiing. And it, it really was pretty tame. And, you know, my son was very excited and really into it. And watch mom, watch how good I am. And, you know, watch me do this. And he was, well, very excited. And I was like, okay, like I'm kind of softening. I'm like, I guess it's not that bad. You know, I'm coming around to it. And then I said, okay, honey, it's time to turn it off. It's time to go to bed. And he's like, no, let me just finish it. I just got to do this one thing. Wait, I can't go to bed now. And I'm like, no, no, it's late. I already let you stay up, you know, an extra 15 minutes, whatever. I'm like, it's time. We got to go. Turn it off. No, no, I can't. And he starts to have a total meltdown. And I call my husband in and I'm like, honey, can you come here for a second? I want you to see something. <laughs> and he walks in the room and my son is this tantruming puddle of craziness. And he's like, I'll return it in the morning. <laughs> and I didn't have to say anything, but it was a victory for me because he could see it. He at eight years old was not capable of handling this. He loved it a little too much. And then when my son was, I guess, 12 or 11, maybe 12, he had a, a QEEG done of his brain and it showed that he had the brain of an addict. And uh, we kind of knew ahead of time before later then he became addicted to sugar. So as he has grown up and matured, his brain is capable of handling video games. He's not addicted to them in that same way. He does still have to monitor sugar intake and probably watch every other addiction that could happen out there, whether it's alcohol or drugs or gambling or porn or whatnot. It's kind of like you just have the mind of an addict or you don't. And so... Let's talk about, that's my story. Let's talk about the parent education answer to how do I know if my child is addicted to video games? So these are some signs to look for in video game addiction in your kids. Number one, symptoms or signs of addiction, like some of the classic ones that you think of with like alcoholic or drug addicts or something where it's lying and sneaking and uh, anger and manipulation and like their personality has kind of changed and not for the better. And so they manipulate, lie and sneak it to try to get more playtime. Number two, an explosion of anger or aggression directed at the person who has taken away their game or their drug, however <laughs> you want to look at it. 
Number three, preoccupation with video games when not playing. A difficulty becoming absorbed in other activities. So if like everything they're talking about eating dinner, but they're talking about their video games, every interaction they have with another kid is about their video games. If your child seems restless or anxious until they're back in the game, that's a sign. Uh, number four, your child loses track of time while on electronics. So you say, okay, 15 minutes and that's it. When the timer goes off, then you have to turn it off and they are unable to do that. Or they say, just like one more hour. Let me just, uh, just play for one hour. And they don't follow those time limits. It can be a sign of video game addiction. Number five, a change in mood. So where they're kind of cranky unless they're playing video games. So it's a change of mood for the better when they're on the video game. Number six, loss of interest in other activities. If they used to love to draw or they love to ride bikes and, you know, play with other kids or jump on the trampoline and they've kind of lost the enjoyment from those activities, that can be a sign of addiction. And number seven, declining interest in school performance, personal hygiene, and or difficulty sleeping. So it sounds like... Your son in this scenario, Danielle, is not able to cope with video games at this point in time. It sounds like he's got a lot of the signs of addiction. Some kids, especially those with brain-centered differences like ADHD, can get overstimulated and struggle to regulate their bodies, their behaviors, or mood. The solution is a digital detox a complete removal of all electronic games until his brain matures and you know he can handle it. Video games are designed to produce massive amounts of dopamine. The dopamine is that reward chemical in the brain that keeps you coming back for more. The more time your kid spends on video games, the more tolerance gets built up, just like you know alcohol or drugs, where you need more of that dopamine, more of that reward chemical in order to get the same high you felt the first time you played. For kids who need get addicted to video games, they need it to have more intensity, more excitement, you know, that maybe Minecraft isn't enough, they want to go to Fortnite because there's a lot more dopamine produced in Fortnite than there is in Minecraft. So they're trying to get that same level of dopamine that they got in the beginning that hooked them in. So the solution to a uh, addiction to video games is a digital detox to completely remove and eliminate it as an option from your home, from their eyesight, from all the everybody else in the house is to eliminate it. So the life coaching answer or what gets in our way from giving our child the gift of a digital detox? Well, how about a global pandemic? How about just normal life? How about siblings who like to play? How about online schooling where you need the devices? Jobs? How trying to work your job while the kids are playing? I bet like the only sanity you get all day is when your kids are online playing video games. What gets in the way from a digital detox? So many things. <laughs> it is, it's hard. It is very, very challenging. 
So in order to completely remove all video games from our child's life, it requires a major upheaval to our lifestyle. And that's not an easy thing to do. A lot of us don't like to change. We don't want to have to adapt our lifestyle. We want the kid to change. We, we think they should just get used to it or build up a tolerance or just learn to turn it off after an hour. So many of us super moms are dependent on these video games for peace and quiet and a little time to ourselves to get things done without interruption. To imagine life without video games, especially while so many other extracurricular activities have been taken away, well, it's just hard. Right now, during lockdown, during, you know, shelter in place, like it's so many of us are dependent on these video games. And yet this is also why we're seeing an increase in kids becoming addicted because they aren't outside. They're not playing sports. They're not running around riding their bikes with the neighbor kids. They're not going out of the house. So just like an alcoholic may need to reach rock bottom before acknowledging a problem, a mom might need to reach rock bottom before finally committing to a complete digital detox. Usually, mom will start by limiting the time spent. Like, of course, we're going to try that first. Like, okay, you just need to set a boundary. Okay, no video games before noon. You know, but when even an hour a day is too much, it might be time to take this seriously and go cold turkey. No video games ever, no phones, no iPads, no Xbox. You can see how it goes having a TV, but, you know, keep it to slow-paced, boring shows. <laughs> so the best way to do a digital detox is to spend lots of time outdoors. Nature has this ability to calm us down. It's always in harmony. So when we're in nature, nature entrains our brains to move into harmony also. And where instead of like right now, the video games are entraining your son's brain to be, you know, kind of high speed, high pace, lots of dopamine. Nature has a really soothing effect, especially on kids with ADHD and brain center differences. Like it can be really, really beneficial because kids can get, or is any, if you have a kid who's prone to overstimulation and they don't like shopping and they kind of freak out when you take them to malls or you try to run more than two errands in a row and they just start melting down, then nature is so valuable and so important. So how does a mom, a super mom, who's already tired, do a digital detox? You gotta have a really compelling reason. And if you feel like, okay, I have tried everything else I can think of and this behavior is getting worse and worse, then maybe that's reason enough to give it a try and go cold turkey and really commit to a digital detox. Because when you do it, you're withdrawing your child's drug of choice, which means you need to expect the behavior to get worse before it gets better you're gonna be witnessing detoxification effects and it won't be pretty. So you wanna have lots of activities planned, lots of things like, you know, kind of brainstorm a whole bunch of stuff you can do during the day, like a busy filled calendar could be 
really helpful. Or sometimes people will just take a camping trip and be like, okay, we're going to do a digital detox, but we're going to go to a campground first so that we're outside, outside of the normal routines. Everything is different. And then when we come back, we're going to maintain that detoxification. It's also really helpful to make sure that your whole family is on board. By this point, it sounds like by this description that everyone else in the family is aware that this eight-year-old's behavior is a problem. So they're going to understand the need for a detox. They won't like it. And they're going to push back and say, well, that's not fair because I'm not addicted and I'm not throwing stuff and swearing and like, I should still be able to play. But it just doesn't work that way. So you want to make sure that the siblings understand that their lives will improve when their brother is happy and peaceful and relaxed and all the fun things they're going to get to do instead of playing video games. You want to brainstorm ideas with the whole family, make a list of fun things to do, maybe like learn a new board game, play some puzzles, go on lots of outings. If you can't go camping, which is, I think, the best solution, then make sure you have an outing planned every day. Uh, Think about things If you can't actually be in nature for a week or two, think about things that are close to nature. So you can maybe pitch a tent in the backyard and sleep outside, or if you have a trampoline, sleep on the trampoline. Um, Swim in a pool, go creek walking, build a campfire. I mean, I remember when my son and my nephew were, we were camping and uh, the forest ranger came by. And they were talking about fire safety or something. And I asked him, and the both of boys are eight years old at this time. And I said, hey, what age do you think is a good age for them to learn how to light a fire, like strike a match, like build a campfire and like learn about fire safety? And this ranger, park ranger is like, well, I think about like eight years old. And these two boys just looked at each other and they're like, yes. And they burned stuff for five straight hours. These boys did not have an issue with attention, needing to play video games. Like they were so enthralled with burning paper plates and napkins and pine cones and dirt and needle pine needles. Like it was the like it was just amazing. Five hours of burning stuff. So when you capture uh, a boy's interest of kind of like their innate nature of what they're drawn to, and something like fire and water and the elements, it can connect that to their core. And it just might be a break that you're looking for from this video game hook that he's got himself into. So think about things that are close to nature. He might need something really intense to engage his brain, maybe even a little bit risky because we need to get those chemicals pumping. We got to have it be exciting. So Maybe it's something like skateboarding. I don't know if the skateboards parks are open these days, but maybe he can learn how to skateboard and like something where he actually might fall and get a little bit hurt. You know, he can wear knee pads, he can wear elbow pads, but there's a little risk involved. Maybe he's a more of artistic, creative type and he wants to build something really tall and huge with connects or, you know, check out like a 3D pen and like something that is absorbing of his attention. Maybe he can even just like learn some like hip hop dance moves or something that is a personal challenge. I have 
well, uh, a little boy that I know who was getting up in the middle of the night and to log into his computer and play, I think it was Minecraft. He was young. He was like, maybe, I guess maybe he was six or seven or something like that. And his teacher started complaining like he's falling asleep in class. And, you know, his parents were so worried. They called the pediatrician and they're like, he's falling asleep. There's something wrong. And they want to do like a CT scan of his brain. And they like put him in a sleep study, like all this stuff. And in turn, they finally put a, a camera in his bedroom to watch him while he was sleeping to see like what's going on at night, like a little nanny cam or baby cam. And the little stinker was getting up in the middle of the night to play video games. (laughs) And so they removed it from the house and they ended up buying him Rubik's Cubes. And he got hooked on Rubik's Cubes. And he was so fast and good, but it, it engaged his brain enough to hold his attention. It was challenging enough for him. So you might have to think outside the box, try different things and see if you can find things that are healthier ways for your son to engage his brain. Most importantly, mama, be gentle with yourself. Have other people lined up to help give you a break. Babysitters, out-of-work camp counselors. Do you know how many camp counselors have so much experience with kids and didn't get to work this summer? Teenagers, college students. This situation with your son's like tantrums and mood, it might get worse before it gets better, but it's well worth it because you get to have your boy back. He does not like feeling out of control with his mood, his emotions, and his behavior any more than you like it. It is not good for him to feel like he can't control himself and to always be getting into trouble and have people not like him. You know, his siblings don't want to be around him because he's just mean and nasty. You don't want him to identify as this kind of the addict. Like, you know that there's a sweet boy underneath this that you want to reclaim. So use this digital detox as an opportunity to become closer as a family. You know, when we accept our children as they are and adapt to their changing needs, we get to feel peaceful and proud of ourselves. So during your digital detox, let go of expectations to keep the house clean, cook healthy meals, like stop with the self-pressure. Don't expect things to go smoothly. Don't expect happiness all around. This is a difficult challenge to undertake, but the reward of a happy, healthy kid is well worth it. Today's Supermom Kryptonite. Well, today's Supermom Kryptonite is thinking he can handle just a little bit. There is a reason why Alcoholics Anonymous suggests complete abstinence. There's a reason why gambling addicts do not work in casinos. It's hard to just have a little bit. If you're addicted to alcohol, the sight, the smell, and the sound of alcohol starts the dopamine release. So I remember we went and met with an addictionologist to try to understand what addiction was all about because we didn't really have, um, luckily, not going to we didn't have personal experience with this already. And so we took our 12-year-old boy 
13, whatever, to this addiction. And he said that just the sight of chocolate chip cookies on the counter would start his brain pumping out this dopamine, which means then it turns into a craving. And once it starts, it needs more and more and more. And suddenly you're hooked and the lying, the manipulating, the sneaking, the anger begin. So it's just kind of how it works. So I think that today's Supermom Kryptonite, what something that drains our energy is thinking that maybe the kid could handle just a little bit. You know, think about like people who are addicted to porn, they struggle to feel satisfied in real relationships when it's not so exciting. Uh, And it's much easier to detox from electronics when it isn't an option at all. So even if the controller or the games is in the house, your child knows it's in the house. They know it's in the next room. They know it's in the drawer and it actually keeps them producing dopamine. I would store like my computer, my iPads and things like at a friend's house. I would take any games off of my phone, even just seeing like an Xbox controller, seeing a device or knowing it's in the next room can keep him hooked in and his brain producing dopamine. So at least in the beginning, I would start with a complete removal. This is another reason why nature is helpful. So when like you're, if you're at the beach for the day or camping in the woods or something, he's not gonna have any association with electronic devices and you'll start to see glimpses of your sweet boy returning to you because his brain isn't producing that dopamine and keeping him hooked. So nature can be very helpful, but online schooling will not be very helpful. So maybe think about doing the digital detox before school begins and then, you know, come to the call that we're doing (laughs) and see if you can come up with an option for him that is not on a computer. Or like, let's say he has college kids shows up to take him to the park while his siblings are doing their online classes. I don't know what, but something like that to get him away from the devices and out in nature. Today's Supermom Power Boost is putting on the Supermom cape. (laughs) Sometimes emergencies are kind of nice because they take us out of our mental mind clutter and immediately help us prioritize. Suddenly, it's very clear what we need to do, where we need to be, and it just makes everything else fall away. So when we can look at a situation like Danielle's and think, oh, my son is struggling, that his behavior is a cry for help. Well, that thought, like his behavior is a cry for help, he needs me, that helps us put on the super mom cape, get to work, take action, problem solve, feel compassionate, feel motivated. This superpower is a wonderful skill to have, but it isn't sustainable. You could do it for a short period of time and we it feels amazing. You're like, yes, I will solve my child's addiction issues. We're gonna make this happen. But as you're planning your digital detox and preparing activities for bored, anxious kids, make sure you also are scheduling breaks for yourself. Mama, this is to you. <laughs> With so much intensity and not getting that break for the video games, 
then just like a simple, like two hours a week is not going to cut it. Like you need to give yourself like one day a week all to yourself, a whole weekend, every night for four hours. Like I want you to really think big. I want you to think about building into your schedule and your routine a break for you. Hire someone to entertain your kids out of the house without electronics where they're not even tempted. You will need to refuel your tank in order to not give in to your child's addiction because as soon as you get tired, as soon as you feel depleted and your tank is running dry, you're gonna be like, fine, I need the break and you're gonna surrender. So really like plan ahead, plan to get some breaks, plan to have some fun. (laughs) Take time for yourself to nurture yourself, to do something fun and just separate out so that your whole life is not with this super mom cape on, tackling the problems and solving addictions across the land. I know you can do it. You just can't do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a limited period of time. Today's quote is from Richard Louvre. He wrote a book called Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder. And I highly recommend this book. He writes, In an agricultural society, or during a time of exploration and settlement, or hunting and fathering, which is to say, most of mankind's history, energetic boys were particularly prized for their strength, speed, and agility. As recently as the 50s, most families still had some kind of agricultural connection. Many of these children, girls as well as boys, would have been directing their energy and physicality in constructive ways, doing farm chores, bailing hay, splashing in the swimming hole, climbing trees, racing to the sandlot for a game of baseball. Their unregimented play would have been steeped in nature. We as humans are wired to live in nature. It's unnatural for us to spend so much time indoors, especially during this pandemic. And so it's always going to be taxing to our brains to be just inside, let alone having all this artificial stimulation coming from these new technologies. So the more you can get back to basics, back to nature, back to how we're wired to live outside, moving our bodies all the time, the happier and healthier our children will become. Thanks so much for listening. And I will love you and leave you. And I hope to see you on my group call about online school, (laughs) schooling during a pandemic. You take care. Bye-bye. Hey, super moms. I wanted to add in a little addendum. (laughs) Is that the right word? My college age son is my editor and he just sent me a addendum, I guess He, he says, as he puts it, I fall strangely in the middle for this Venn diagram of being a kid, addiction and gaming. And so I thought his comments were quite relevant and I thought I would add them in. He doesn't usually comment on the content of my blog. But he says, being someone who loves video games, but is not addicted to them, but has the predisposition for addiction, he says, 
I think this family should look to detox for as long as possible, but that might not be able to be long enough to really get the results. The only way a detox works is if it feels indefinite. Otherwise, addiction can be strong enough to just hold out until it's over. I think they should tell the kid that he isn't allowed any more tech ever and having the family eventually use their computers or phones together in like a communal place like all like all all tech in one family room uh where it's never allowed to go off into quiet corners i guess so that the kids can learn what people actually use their computers for and eventually maybe letting him look something up for them or watch a funny video with them Maybe even eventually letting him watch or play games that are a little bit more lighthearted and communal like Wii Sports with other family members, you know, dance videos and like using the computers for those types of things. So he was thinking, he said that this is unrealistic. And of course, I know that. But I wanted this blog or podcast to be about what needs to happen, like what actually needs to work. So this digital detox is a short term thing, right? It's like not, this is not, my son was recommending like keeping all the computers in one main room. So everything is always supervised. And then the parents just hold very tight boundaries on them. And I think that can come after the digital detox. I think right now where Danielle's son is so far gone that he really needs a separation, which I think the best way to do it would be take him on a camping trip or go, you know, live in nature for a week. That'd be ideal. So I know this is the idealistic and the what will work and what will help. And I wanted to kind of let you know kind of what the brain is doing, why it needs this very dramatic and extreme thing. And then once the child's detoxed, then the parents can come to like stage two, which I think my son is suggesting, which having the computers and the phone be a communal thing where people sit together and they use them together. And he thought it might uh, prevent some of the impulses of like, oh, just one more round or just one more game, one more level. I just got to get to the next one and all that dopamine. So that's kind of his take on it. But also mine saying like, well, there's a stage one, which is the digital detox. And then there's the stage two, which is the parents setting really clear, firm boundaries. And we just want to make sure we go in order, starting with the detox. So another podcast would be a really great topic of how to set boundaries if you struggle with that around media use with your kids. So if that's you, please send me an email. Let me know what your situation is. And I will do another podcast on setting boundaries around screen time with kids because we all need lots of help in that department these days. All right, super moms, have a great day. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.